Hello everyone, um, here we are for another series of my podcast. I'm so excited, I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I have a very important guest, my father. Um, we are in his um, town where he lives of Broken Hill. Uh, many of you that would have been following my Instagram would have seen those posts. So I'm very lucky to have him um, being interviewed today. Um, he's very shy and um, you know, I just had a yarn to him about coming on here and telling and giving, sharing with us all these thoughts. So here he is. Um, Dad, would you like to introduce yourself and let them know what uh, tribe you're from? My name's Philip Bates. I'm from Wilcannia, New South Wales, and I'm barking you tribe. Fantastic. And um, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Have you um, lived out in these areas or you moved around? What's your, um, what's your younger life or younger years look like? Uh, I grew up. In Wilcannia on the river, uh, I come over to Broken Hill, went to school here for a few years, um, till I got into my teens and then when I left school, uh, I went back home to Wilcannia and living my life I suppose and then uh, uncle asked me if I wanted to go bush, so I went bush with him for work. And, and sorry to interrupt, Dad, but do you want to tell us a little bit about what work it looked like or what work you were doing at the time? I, I was um, going to be employed as a station hand, eh? um, just general land work, um, fences, bores and water troughs. And, uh, look after the sheep. Uh, sometimes we might have to uh, shoot a fox or something. You know, they get a bit rough. Pest control. Yeah, that thing. And was it hard work in those days? I can imagine, you know, limited technology and, and tools and things like that back in those days. Well, it was, it was hard, but you know, it was worth it, I suppose. It turned me into the man I am today. And how many years were you working out there? Because I remember um, from you yarning, a big part of your job or your career was um, sheep shearing. So how did that happen? Did you just um, find a love for that or a passion or how did that come about? Because I know it's a very difficult job. Well, the place I used to work on um, our, our mob uh, got the chance to buy this place. This place was uh, used by our families for years. It was like a stopover place, just a quick rest and then go again. We end up getting the place and then we started uh, learning about the sheep and how to uh, uh, just take care, of them. take care of them. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So they're employing lots of other Aboriginal people out there. Yeah, we had a team, eh? It's amazing. And one day I got asked if I'd like to have a go at shearing the sheep. And... Um, at the time, I'd, it was a big shearing team coming out 
to where I was working and uh, got to know a couple of the fellas and they taught me a bit and then um, I ended up taking it on for a few years and uh, you loved it. Uh, yeah, I loved it and I've seen a lot of good country, you know, and met a lot of good people. He's being very humble, guys. He was actually very talented and they had competitions with, like, how fast and how well you could shear a sheep and he was, like, very, very high up in the competition or, you know, he was one to beat with, you know, the speed but also making sure that they didn't cut or injure the animals because that was really important for you. Do you want to talk a bit about that? So even though they were sheep or even though they weren't um, our animals, you still wanted to take care of them and I guess the horses as well? Yes, that was a very important part of it is not hurting them um, but I'd, like I was saying I was lucky at the time the, one of the main shearers they call him Gun he took me under his wing and he showed me a lot of lot of things and it just clicked on and it, I ended up going into Victoria for a while uh, with the team. Um, then we went up into South Australia, up into the Flinders Ranges, and I uh, worked up there for a while and then made my way back and I come home and here I am today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an incredible history. And also, Dad, while that was happening, and um, we're not going to get into specifics in this in this podcast. We're very private. My dad's a very private man. But if you would like to uh, touch on Dad, while that was all happening, there was a lot of land rights, wasn't there? So you were also involved with that, like um, working and you know working on the land, but also um, working to protect it. Yeah, we we most of us young fellas who was out there at the time. um, we understood the um, workings of the land and things, and but uh, take care of it. Yeah, take care of it, but make sure there was things left for the next generation, generation to come along. And if you knew that there was a protest, or you knew that there was a march, or there was a meeting happening where you guys had to come together and, you know, show solidarity for Barkindji land, you you prioritised that, didn't you? Because I remember from his stories, he's always told me if there was something happening in community about, you know, a company trying to come out or a group trying to privatise things, you would always cut across. Yes, it was sort of... um we finish what we're doing, but then tools are down, we got to go. Mm-hmm. So we go and sit with our elders and they tell us what's happening. Mm-hmm. But we sit with them to show that we are there to uh, show that people that we carry on what we learn, we keep passing on and passing on so that the next generation can stand up and be counted, mm-hmm. you know? It's exactly right, Dad, and I think, like, when any time, anything in life, you've always, you know, you either stand or you fall when it comes to those types of things and standing up for the land. 
And just speaking um, about that, just going to end up soon, but just speaking about that, Dad, um, being Barkindji and having connections to the Darling or the Barker River, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it used to look like in your day? So if you can describe to, to everyone, you know, what it used to look like back in the days. Or what you used to get up to as well. Uh, and I would, you walk down the river and your world changes, you know. Um, uh, you could be in a different moods and it takes all them things away from you and it lets you go where you want to be. And while you're there, it's like your battery gets charged. Your pain and anger goes away. And it charges you for the next day. But, you know, also we go sit to the river and we talk to the river. And the river talks back to us. It might sound silly, but in funny way, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, we always got a drink there, and they also give us a feed, mm-hmm. you know. And these are so important things that our river must always be there for our next generation to come, right. you know. And Day ten will turn. Day ten will turn up, and they'll do the same thing, you know. And it's been amazing because um, there's been a big lot of rain travelling down from Queensland and filling up the Darling River, and um, a lot of our family or community of Wakanya and other communities along, such as Bree Warrena and Burke, have been, you know, connecting back and enjoying that water. Do you want to share with everyone how that makes you feel that, you know, you know the crew or the families and communities all along get the chance to, to reconnect and have access to that? It makes me very happy, you know, that all women along the Barker, we can sit with our murpas and tell them all stories. Um, sit with our kids, our families, and we have big feeds, and that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, you, you go, you go there with things in your head, and that, all that go away from you, mm-hmm. you know. Stress. All that stress and all that, and, you know, the Nazi there in the river, so the Nutchie's the Rainbow Serpent, guys? He did, you know. We go to places and we sit. Sometimes we noises, you know. But in the back of your mind, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. You just sit and be comforted by that sound. That's right. And you know you own good and, and see what he's talking about the feelings and emotions that's exactly what it's like for aboriginal people it's not just land or foliage or water or 
or、um, fish or food. It's not everything. Any of those, it's everything all together. And、um, even you can just hear it in his voice how important it is. And and even on this trip back, being able to see water in there and take photos and just hear that community are swimming and fishing again. And most importantly, guys, not just our community. You know, we're not just here to be like, well, can you? Well, can you? Or, you know, A, B, C, or D. It's everyone. All of these communities, countless of Aboriginal people, are able to access this water because we know if it's good in Wilcannia, it's going to be good for everyone else, because that's the point of the river flowing.、Um, and Dad, one more good question for you: What do you think about the years to come? So you get to see, you know, you've got、uh, nephews, you've got daughters, you've got a brother, you've got you know nieces. You've got so many different family members that are out there,、um, you know, being proud from what you've taught us, and you know our family members, but also all these other Aboriginal people all throughout this country, Dad. You know, Western Australia, Northern Territory, SA, South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania,、um, maybe the Palm Islands, Torres Straits. What would you say, Dad, about those future generations that are out here, you know, sharing about their culture and, and about the importance of the land, the seas, and our water? Is all we all must we all must just sit sometimes and listen listen to the wind. Our our family spirits are strong. As long as we got the barker, we got everything, you know. That's how I like in the future for our kids to be able to experience what I've experienced in my life on the Darling, you know. I got a, I got a little granddaughter now, you know. I want a. To be able to enjoy things same same way I did, same way mother did,、mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a very important thing. Our land, our land is our art. We we are strong when we are happy. Our river. A river is everything to us,、right. you know. And we can't forget it. That's it. And we just want to say, guys, thank you for your time today. And just remember, when you hear Aboriginal people, or let me be crystal clear, when you hear Aboriginal people that are connected to rivers or large pieces or bodies of water, when they talk about the land, that's what they're talking about. It's a Western concept to see water as water rights, or land rights as land rights, or land as land. For us, they're both combined together. For us, they're you know part and parcel. You can't have one without the other. So I just want to thank my my dad for being here today, and you know this is an interview that's important for our family. You know, passing it on to my daughter. Um, and her children, but most importantly, this interview is going to be powerful and and touch so many people, Dad. So, I just want to thank you so much. I would、uh, thank you, but any final words? I just like everyone to be、um, very 
peaceful. That's it. Just take it slow. Sit down and enjoy yourselves and have a laugh with our kids. That's it's it. good. Enjoy life. That's it. And what he just shared with all of you guys is a message that he's always sharing with my sister and I. You know, at the end of the day, if it's if you're fighting for land rights, if you're fighting for whatever in your personal life, always take time out, you know, to have a laugh and, and enjoy and um, make those good memories. And especially if you have kids or children or little ones around, you know, make sure you show them lots of love and happiness because they're the next generation. All right, sending love to you all. From these two wimpiches here, we love yous heaps and we'll talk to yous later. All right, catches. Yes.